rather than draw the maps in public in sunlight in the people's building, the Capitol in Madison, they ran across the street into the private law offices of a conservative law firm and drew the maps in a room that became known as the Lock Map Room. Bridge the city, bridge the city, yeah. Bridge the city, yeah. Gotta bridge the city, the city. Bridge the city, bridge the city, yeah. Bridge the city, yeah. Gotta bridge the city, the city. Welcome to Bridge the City, a podcast recorded in Milwaukee, Wisconsin. Our mission is to bridge together people, resources, and ideas that inspire Milwaukee to action. My name is Ashley, and on today's episode, we spoke with three people who are working diligently to ensure that Wisconsin has fair maps and ends gerrymandering. We spoke to Sheila from We the Irrelevant, Matt from Wisconsin Democracy Campaign, and Chris Ford, who's on the People's Maps Commission. Before we jump into the episode, consider supporting Bridge the City on Patreon.com for just $4.14. That's less than you can get a soy latte at your favorite local coffee shop. This is a totally volunteer-run podcast and platform, and we are doing it on our own time. And so we would love to have your support for local, independent community journalism. You can visit Patreon.com slash bridge the city to become a patron today. Welcome, Sheila. Thank you so much for joining us. Could you introduce yourselves to our audience? Yes, I'd be happy to. I'm Sheila Plotkin. I currently live in Madison. And uh, I am the founder of We the Irrelevant, formerly known as We the People. I'm a retired uh, school teacher. I worked in the Milwaukee Public Schools Deaf and Hard of Hearing program for 28 years. Oh, wow. Thank you for your service as a teacher. We have several teacher listeners um, and even teachers on our team. So thank you for all the work that you've done. Could you explain more about the founding of We the Irrelevant, what you all do, um, and what your goals are? You bet. First of all, um, you say what you all do. There isn't an all. There's just me. (laughs) <laughs> there was, there were volunteers. I had about a dozen volunteers in 2016, 2017, but they burned out uh, for good reason. And so I've been doing it on my own. I began in 2015 because I wanted to know whether Wisconsin voters, citizens were pushing for the changes to our electoral system. Some of you may remember the dissolution of the Government Accountability Board the GAB, the change in campaign finance laws that allowed more dark money in our campaigns, and uh, the exemption that legislators gave themselves from John Doe investigations. Um, Those things were happening rapidly without much public input. And I wanted to know what the source of that, what was the impetus for that? So, I knew that we had an open records law. The previous July, Robin Voss had tried to gut it and got tremendous public protest. That was in my mind. Um, But I'd never used it. I'd never made an open records request, but I just did it. And I sent to the then 19 Republican senators an open records request asking for citizen correspondence on the issues of the GAB campaign finance, um, and the John Doe. 
And then I waited to see what would happen because I had no idea what would happen. Um, but what happened was I got back some results. They went to the Senate chief clerk's office. I went there. I paged through all this correspondence. I counted it up. And the numbers struck me. Um, the vast difference between the number of contacts they were getting saying, don't dissolve the GAB. And I thought I had stumbled on something important. And as more results came in, I became more convinced that I had. Um, the result of that was now I've got all this data sitting on my desk. What do I do with it? So I built the website. And uh, as people like to say, the rest is history. Wow, that is, um, I'm always so impressed when people, when citizens, concerned citizens utilize their tools and avenues and channels to seek information like that. So very interested in what you do and also, you know, doing it all on your own. That's impressive. So thank you for your engagement there. How are you, how have you been involved in Fair Maps in Wisconsin um, on your own time through We the Irrelevant? How, what is your involvement with that process? It's only recently with the rise of concern about drawing new maps that I've come to understand the importance of my data and how it intersects with the problem of gerrymandering and the diminution of our democracy as a result of gerrymandering. So I guess the easiest way to put it is that when legislators are secure because of gerrymandering, they don't have to listen to opposing voices. And my data documents that, in fact, the Republican majority in the Wisconsin state legislature stopped listening to opposition voices a very long time ago. And that, to me, is not what representative uh, government is supposed to be. It isn't what it once was, um, and, uh, and it's getting worse. My involvement is basically the realization that my data documents the results of gerrymandering. And I want to touch base on something that you mentioned, though. You mentioned the documentary. Could you tell me more about that? I'd be happy to. Um, it's called Can You Hear Us Now? It was created by 12-letter films. It is, um, it is a, a personal story of what's happening not only in Wisconsin, but around the country, what has happened since uh, legislators were taken over by the majority of Republicans um, since 20, the election of 2010. And so there's some history of what happened in Wisconsin, uh, Act 10, 2011, all of those things that most of us remember vividly. Um, but it's told through the lens of personal stories. Two of those stories are women who are running for the assembly in gerrymandered districts, one in Manitowoc and one in Sheboygan. Their stories, how they try to campaign, what they learn as they do it, all of it reflecting the damage done to democracy by gerrymandering. And it is um, a powerful statement of what happens when your government no longer 
hears you. Um, and I, I get my eight minutes, <laughs> which I was very proud of. And the result of that has been that I've been asked to speak on a variety of, in a variety of venues via Zoom um, all over the country because they, the film can be screened. Um, it is available through an organization that does academic and, and uh, activist groups screening. So, so a group can get it screened for three days and then they can have a live Q and A. I've been involved in many of those. Um, and uh, so the film I think is worthwhile. It's available for rental on Amazon Prime and Vimeo. I'm not sure of the price, but I think it's no more than four bucks or something like that. Yeah, that's super interesting. And an action step that I'm already thinking of is getting some people together and screening that because it sounds like a very interesting documentary and something that is very tangible that we all can do. So as we um, wrap this up, I want to know, so I just dropped a possible action step, but Sheila, what are you thinking of? What do you want the listeners to know um, and what action steps do you have for them? Basically, again, I think screening the film is an excellent idea. Um, so that would be one. Another one is I've built with the irrelevant based on citizen correspondence with their legislators. And uh, so I encourage people to email, to call their legislators about issues that matter to them and gerrymandering matters to all of us at this particular moment. Um, that's an important thing for people to do. Um, I've heard people say to me, well, they don't listen anyway, so why should I bother? My goal has always been, I acknowledge that and they're going to do what they're going to do, but I don't want them to do it in the dark which is why I try to shine a light on what they're doing. Um, so that's an action step, write your legislators. And the third one would be um, get involved with a group, a Fair Maps group. They're all over. I just got an invitation from one in Mount Horeb. There are Fair Maps groups that have organized themselves, and you can help them. Um, I just thought of a fourth one. There is a group of lawyers who have joined, they're all with separate firms, but they've joined together to create a group called Law Forward. They have a website. They would welcome donations. They are organizing themselves to fight this gerrymandering battle in the courts. And it's a very exciting idea. I only just learned about them at a at a webinar that I did for a group in Vermont, um, but they are Wisconsin-based and they are getting ready to fight this MAPS battle in the courts. So they could use your money if that's what you would like to do. Hello, Matt, could you introduce yourself to our listeners? Sure, I'm Matt Rothschild. I'm the executive director at the Wisconsin Democracy Campaign. We track and expose money in politics in Wisconsin, and we advocate for a broad range of pro-democracy reforms, including banning gerrymandering. Great. And so what sparked this passion for uh, Wisconsin democracy, democracy in general, and specifically gerrymandering and fair maps? Well, my whole adult life, I've been trying to advocate for pro-democracy reforms. I used to work for Ralph Nader, and then I worked for 32 years 
at the Progressive Magazine, and then I went over to the Wisconsin Democracy Campaign uh, in 2015. And the interest in gerrymandering stemmed from the grotesque rigging of the maps that Republicans did in Wisconsin in 2011, where rather than draw the maps in public, in sunlight, in the people's building, the Capitol in Madison, they ran across the street into the private law offices of a conservative law firm and drew the maps in a room that became known as the locked map room. Uh, and they wouldn't allow the media in, they wouldn't let the citizens in, they wouldn't let Democrats in, of course, and even Republicans who weren't in leadership when they were in the locked map room, uh, they couldn't get out of the locked map room unless they signed an oath of secrecy, if you can believe that. And that's not how democracy is supposed to be transacted. Uh, it's 180 degrees from how democracy is supposed to be transacted. But they rigged the maps in that little locked map room. They actually brought in a political scientist from Oklahoma, of all places, to help them with their software on the computer to move lines here and there, not changing a single vote, not convincing a single Democrat to vote Republican or a single independent to vote Republican. They kept the voting identifications equal and just moved lines on a map and predicted that by moving these lines on the map, Republicans would gain more and more seats in the state assembly and state Senate, which is actually what happened. So, you know, it's good rigging if you can get away with it. And they got away with it. It was a case that went to the U.S. Supreme Court, but ultimately became moot when the U.S. Supreme Court ruled in a separate gerrymandering case that uh, the U.S. Supreme Court wasn't going to do a darn thing about hyperpartisan gerrymandering and left it up to the state. So that was our marching orders here in Wisconsin. We got to try to solve the problem ourselves. It's a hard problem. It's kind of a chicken and egg problem because uh, we're trying to solve a problem here that is caused by gerrymandering and the people who are in power are there because of gerrymandering. So it gets a little tricky as to how you solve it. But we've been working real hard with a whole bunch of other great nonprofit groups here in Wisconsin in the uh, Wisconsin uh, coalition to to ban gerrymandering, the Fair Maps Coalition here in Wisconsin. And we've already gotten 56 of the 72 counties to either pass referendums or resolutions urging the legislature to give us independent nonpartisan redistricting. So that's what it's going to take. It's not something that's going to happen overnight, but we're pushing this uh, issue forward. Yeah, and you actually jumped to one of the questions that I was going to talk about as I was going to dive into um, you know, what happened in 2011 and then how this, it went up to the Supreme court case and basically, as you kind of mentioned, refused to make a decision on it and brought it back down to the state. So what do you, what have you learned and what have we learned about the 2011 maps in that process that can inform us this time around? So we're trying to draw up public attention to the fact that the maps are likely to be rigged again. We are, uh, encouraging the governor to veto any rigged maps that come his way. We're encouraging legislators from both sides of the aisle to uh, oppose any map that is rigged because the people of Wisconsin oppose these rigged maps. I mean, there was a poll done uh, a couple of years ago by the Marquette Law School polling firm that showed that uh, not, uh, 73% of Wisconsinites or 72% of Wisconsinites oppose gerrymandering, and that included 63% of Republicans and uh, 76% of independents. So the people really are against this. I mean, I, you know, there are those 56 out of 72 counties that have passed these referendums and resolutions. We don't have 56 blue counties in Wisconsin. We don't have 
36. We don't have 26 blue counties here. So this is across ideological lines. People understand just at a gut level that we should have fair play in Wisconsin, that we should have a level playing field in Wisconsin, and they're sick and tired of people who get in power manipulating their position to further entrench themselves in power. It's that kind of a basic fair play issue, this issue of banning gerrymandering. Yeah, and you've mentioned uh, the people. The people have clearly indicated on multiple levels that they are interested to they're interested in fair maps and to put an end to the gerrymandering that we're facing in this this state. So could you explain more of how then you all are involved with the People's Maps Commission and how maybe those 56 out of the 72 counties, um, what maybe have you all done to make sure that their voices are heard? Sure. I mean, the Wisconsin Fair Maps Coalition uh, has been leading this effort in working with the People's Maps Commission, especially especially Carlene Betchen at the uh, Fair Elections Project and Wisconsin Fair Maps Coalition. She's the statewide grassroots organizer, an amazing organizer, one of the best organizers I've ever met. And she in every congressional district in Wisconsin has been organizing uh, pro-fair maps groups and organizing in those groups for them to draw uh, community of interest maps and submit those maps then to the People's Maps Commission, which has also taken testimony from citizens in every congressional district, and she helped organize uh, people who wanted to testify. And so there's been a tremendous amount of people's input into the People's Maps Commission. And now the People's Maps Commission is going to get the data from the Census Bureau, just as the legislature is going to. And the People's Maps Commission will draw a fairer map, I guarantee you, than the map that Robin Voss and Devin Lemahieu, the leaders of the Republicans in the legislature, are going to draw. So that will be an illustration for public education across Wisconsin. Here, on one hand, is a fair map by the People's Maps Commission. Here, on the other hand, is a rigged map that shows the Republicans trying to gain the advantage again and game the system. Uh, and what's going to happen after that is that the governor will veto the maps, and then the, this whole issue will go into the courts, whether it's the state courts or the federal courts. And I'm actually kind of hopeful that we're going to end up with better maps this time around than we did in 2011. Number one, there is a Democrat who is a governor of Wisconsin who will be able to exercise his veto power, and the legislature, the Republicans in the legislature, they don't have uh, enough votes to override that veto. So that's the first check. The second check is, you know, the courts may do a better job of drawing a map or adopting a map uh, than uh, certainly the Republicans have done in drawing a map. Even the Wisconsin Supreme Court, which is tilted four to three in favor of the Republicans, isn't a slam dunk anymore because uh, one of the Repub- conservative justices there, Justice Hagedorn, has voted against the Republicans in several Uh, big issues that came before the Wisconsin Supreme Court. So that's not a slam dunk. And uh, to my mind, I think any independent judge who looks at the way the maps were rigged the last time around, the way they're likely to be rigged this time around, is not going to side with uh, the Republican rigging of the maps and not going to just rubber stamp whatever's put in front of them. So then we'll end up with slightly better maps anyway than uh, we had last time around. That's my hope. Yeah, you you really hit something there that I was I was going to be discussing about like what we do expect this to go to litigation, but how do we s- expect different outcomes? So thank you for laying that out. And it's good to know about those both those checks and the different landscape 
that we have now versus in 2011. And it also seems, and you know, I want to hear more about it, but it seems like the people are way more in tune with what's happening than they were maybe 10 years ago. So what are you seeing? Like, you know, you're talking about these counties, the commission is getting public testimony. What are some of the things that you're hearing on the ground that really give you hope and excitement about uh, a different outcome this time around? Well, there's absolutely a mass movement to ban gerrymandering that didn't really exist in 2011. In 2011, I don't think uh, the word gerrymandering was understood far and wide in Wisconsin. Uh, And certainly when I began here uh, almost six years ago, uh, there wasn't the sense that uh, gerrymandering was an issue that was going to galvanize public opposition. But uh, then, you know, with a lot of grassroots organizing, uh, that's happened, and the people really are insisting you can uh, that there be fair maps in Wisconsin. You can drive anywhere in Wisconsin, and you'll see these purple signs that say, you know, ban gerrymandering in Wisconsin. I mean, that's kind of unheard of, but you see them almost anywhere. And so this mass movement is another way to apply pressure. I think the best way to apply, apply pressure on our legislators, and I'm hopeful that uh, some Republicans will break ranks. Already there are two or three Republican co-sponsors on a bill uh, to give us independent nonpartisan redistricting in Wisconsin. And I just think we need over time, even if we don't get that bill passed this session, we need over time to keep building this pressure on whoever is running for office, whoever is in elective office, that the people of Wisconsin want independent nonpartisan redistricting. They want a level playing field. Uh, They're sick of the shenanigans. And uh, if a candidate or an elected official who's running for re-election isn't on board for this, they may have to pay a political price for it. I think that's the kind of language that politicians understand. And how do you think that whether it's uh, the results of what's going to happen, the legislator having, um, you know, more of a political price against it, all of this stuff that's happening in Wisconsin, how do you think this is going to ripple out to maybe be a shining example for the rest of the country, because we're not the only state who's experiencing um, a cry for fair maps. No, we're not. In fact, there's a a mass movement across the country to ban gerrymandering. It's actually part of H.R. 1, and Wisconsin is falling behind. You know, Wisconsin used to have a great reputation as a laboratory for democracy, uh, and we don't have that reputation anymore. I mean, we're a, uh, we're a laboratory for oligarchy right now. Um, and we're getting beat by some unlikely states. I mean, Utah and Missouri are already passing uh, legislation or referendums to give themselves independent commissions or independent nonpartisan redistricting by statute. Uh, and other states also have advanced the ball on this issue much farther and much faster than Wisconsin has. So it's time that Wisconsin got back its reputation as a laboratory for democracy. And I think if we were able to get independent nonpartisan redistricting passed here, uh, I think it would be a a signal to uh, the progressive movement all across the country, the pro-democracy movement all across the country. So as we wrap this up, how can listeners be involved, whether it's Wisconsin Democracy Campaign as a whole or specifically around ending gerrymandering? uh, What action steps can we all take? 
I'm urging people to uh, demand a public hearing on the excellent bills that have been introduced by Senator Jeff Smith and Representative Deb Andraka to give us independent, nonpartisan redistricting. Those bills are SB 389, that's Senate Bill 389, and Assembly Bill 394, that's AB 390, actually AB 395, Assembly Bill 395, and Senate Bill 389. Those are the bills that would give us independent nonpartisan redistricting. I'm urging people to contact their legislators and have them support those bills, demand a public hearing for those bills, and in any event, demand that the legislators vote against any map that is intentionally rigged in favor of whichever political party is in power. I mean, that's not how democracy should work. So I'm urging people to get involved in this effort to ban gerrymandering in Wisconsin if you're not involved already and really push these pro-independent nonpartisan redistricting bills, SB 389 and AB 395. Hello. Well, I am joined today by Chris from the People's Map Commission of Wisconsin. Uh, Chris, could you go ahead and introduce yourself to our listeners? Yeah, so thanks for having me. Uh, so my name is Chris Ford. Uh, I am the chairman of the People's Maps Commission for the state of Wisconsin. Uh, I am a, also an emergency medicine physician uh, here in Milwaukee, and uh, and I'm a dad to uh, to two little people. So I have a lot of hats I wear. <laughs> <laughs> Great. Yeah, it's a lot of roles that you're taking on. <laughs> well, thank you so much for joining us. Could you provide a general overview of the commission? Why was it formed? Who was part of it? And what are the key responsibilities that you all have? Yeah, absolutely. And so, um, you know, the, the MAPS Commission was created uh, via an executive order by the current gubernatorial administration. Uh, we were selected, I believe it was around September of last year. It seems everything is kind of in a uh, vacuum now that COVID is, uh, is among us. So um, ultimately, we were selected uh, by a panel of three independent judges. Uh, and from the onset of our commission, our goal is to provide the city of Wisconsin an opportunity to have fair, transparent uh, maps that will truly represent them in their best interests. And so um, since the entire process, we've had hearings officially as well as meetings throughout uh, the, the onset of the commission all the way up until now in order to sort of provide that as the end product. Great. So could you elaborate on the responsibilities of the commission? What are the goals and objectives? What are you hoping will come out of this? Yeah, absolutely. So at the end of our process now, essentially what we're planning to do is to submit maps to the legislator regarding uh, the congressional maps, the Senate maps, as well as the assembly maps. And so um, what we are going to do towards the end of the process, once we get the census data, which has been pushed back a little bit now, uh, is to submit those maps for consideration. Uh, we will also publish the maps to the public to see once we finish our uh, complete process uh, and send it throughout uh, the entirety of the, um, uh, the legislative administration throughout the state of Wisconsin. And so um, hopefully at that point in time, uh, the maps that we will create will be seen as being uh, fair and objective, and uh, we will we will hopefully have a, uh, a way to uh, administer those maps. Great. And can you walk, like walk me through that. So people are, you're, you have listening forums, people are able to submit their maps, and then you're going to be collecting that information and drawing your own with additional like census data. Uh, what 
like, what is that process? Like, how are you collecting that information and then actually creating the recommendation of the maps? Yeah, so from uh, the very beginning of our process, uh, initially we held uh, hearings throughout the state of Wisconsin. Now, this was virtual initially during the onset of our, our I guess, during the creation of our uh, commission. We were hoping to do this in person, uh, but this was pre-COVID and we didn't know what was going to happen as everyone else uh, was in the same situation. And so um, we held forums in terms of gathering um, people from the state of Wisconsin's information seeing where they want those maps drawn, seeing where their communities of interest are. And so we have a tally of all of the public testimony that was submitted both in the um, uh, in the verbal format throughout our hearings, as well as in the physical format through people uh, providing their written testimony. In addition to that, too, we have a portal. Uh, we it's actually uh, portal.wisconsin-mapping.org, uh, in which people can go in and utilize the same software that we have. Uh, this is a portal that is uh, created by our partners through the Tufts uh, uh, University uh, MGGG Lab, uh, which essentially is a program called Districter. Uh, where people can submit their maps and then we will overlie uh, all the maps and kind of see where common themes are amongst communities of interest as well as where people are drawing their communities in general, their their neighborhoods, their townships, et cetera. Um, in addition to that, we are comparing what we get from that data and comparing it to what our criterion are uh, that's available on our website as well um, in order to provide uh, maps that kind of line up with, with what we've been hearing as well as um, you know, what, what, what folks are, are saying that they want. Perfect. And I know you just said that they were in the website, but for people who maybe aren't by their computers, what are some of those criterion that you're talking about? Yeah, absolutely. And so um, essentially, uh, when when you go through any uh, map drawing process, and we you know, our, our commission is uh, similar to other commissions throughout the country right now, ultimately, uh, what we're trying to do is we're trying to um, create a, a very objective way to, to create uh, maps. And the way that we are doing it now is similar to what uh, states such as Michigan are doing uh, by providing people who are not politicians, people who do not have any, you know, vested interest uh, politically or otherwise in, in mapping. And so um, through that, in order to uh, create an objective map, a map that's not going to um, uh, reflect any uh, legislative process or any electoral process, uh, we've created our criterion that's available on our website. And so we group them uh, based on um, uh, hierarchy of importance. And so one, one, the first group, essentially, uh, we have um, uh, tenets of contiguity, uh, which essentially just means that, uh, you know, everything should be connected to uh, another part. And so we're not looking to split any community ties uh, between land areas. And so um, we are trying to, as much as possible, keep uh, things continuous and keep communities in, intact. Um, another component is compactness. And so um, we're hoping to keep our maps as compact and keep those communities and those ward districts uh, as compact as possible. Uh, and then another tenant that we have in that first group is uh, preserving our political boundaries. And so um, whenever possible, the counties, municipalities, and wards um, will be intact uh, when we can allow that. And so uh, there are some pieces that are uh, a part of that. So for instance, uh, 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 Districts such as mine and uh, uh, my co-commissioner, Commissioner Rangel, and the fourth uh, congressional district, we have a very large population um, in the city of Milwaukee and in the county of Milwaukee. And so, of course, that's a, a county that has to be split, but we're looking to split that when possible, when we have to do it along the lines of where communities lie and what is most fair. 
Um, in addition to that, too, you kind of heard me mention it before. Uh, communities of interest is another uh, component that we're taking a look at. And so these are areas and neighborhoods that contain um, uh, folks that share interest in bonds that deserve a consideration by elected representatives. And so, you know, these are not things uh, like political parties um, uh, or things along that line, but more so common economic, ethnic or cultural uh, bonds that need to have that consideration that people need to have represented when they go to the voting booth, uh, booth and, uh, you know, are looking to elect a representative to reflect their community. Um, population deviation is another uh, criterion that we have. And so um, this relates to the concept of one person and one vote. And so uh, we feel that each representative should have approximately the same number of constituents. And we believe that those constituents uh, should should have representation when they vote and their vote should not be, uh, you know, sort of diluted in the uh, in the remainder of the population. Uh, and then our, our fourth order criterion is essentially partisan fairness. And so uh, this is not something that we're looking to uh, hold as a high enough tenant, um, but once we satisfy all other higher priorities, uh, the preference uh, will be uh, given for plans that uh, will lead to proportional outcomes as uh, defined as a share representation for each party uh, statewide. And so um, briefly, that's a that's a uh, overview of our of our criteria at this point that took a, took a while to go through. And, you know, that, that video of us. Uh, Creating that is available on the website as well. Awesome. Um, it sounds like you all are doing a lot and really dedicating your time to making sure that this is a completely fair process, objective, and that's really exciting for the state of Wisconsin and for its people. So as you're, as you're going through this, um, what has the participation been like of people submitting their maps and um, at the hearings that you were that were taking place earlier in the year. What has the participation looked like? Has it been um, fully throughout the state, across party lines, et cetera? Could you tell me a little bit more about that? Yeah, absolutely. You know, uh, to be honest with you, it's been fantastic. Um, you know, during our initial hearings that we had, I often tell people, you know, we all went from average citizens to now having conversations with uh, people who are essentially national uh, scholars and national uh, experts on these um, on these topics of redistricting. And so, um, you know, a lot of that that we've gained in terms of, you know, our kind of a uh, hit the ground running education was given to us by the people of the state of Wisconsin. And so in each congressional district, um, we've had very poignant um, testimony that's been provided to us in terms of how people feel that their current maps represent them or or if they don't they they definitely uh allow us to know that as well and so um we've gotten uh since that time since we've ended our formal hearings um we have had continued testimony roll in through our portal site whereas people are telling us where the communities of interest are and i definitely will recommend people uh to continue to submit those communities of interest we're still taking them in right now uh as well as uh submissions of their maps to mapping out their communities or mapping out, you know, congressional districts or assembly districts as well. Um, and so through all that, um, you know, we're, we're continuing to synthesize it and we're getting daily uh, numerous maps and uh, getting numerous uh, uh, additional uh, written testimony uh, that we're sort of going through right now and through our new portal are able to synthesize a bit better uh, than before. And so that brings me, okay, so you've had hearings, you've had people gathering, you know, creating their own maps, which We'll talk about more, but we can st we still have time to submit them if anyone's listening to this and wants to 
submit their own community of interest, we can still do that. So we'll give you more information in the show notes and at the end of this episode. Um, But Chris, for you, after you provide your recommendation, what happens next? What is the best case scenario and what are you all expecting to happen in reality? Yeah, well, you know, the in a perfect world, we'll submit it to the legislator and everybody else through, you know, with the Wisconsin.gov uh, email address, and everybody looks at it and says this is great, and we go ahead and you know we all we all go out and you know have a beer or two, and so <laughs> so that's that's the perfect world, right? And so, um, but you know, in, in reality, you know, there any time where you're talking about the redistricting process, unfortunately, as as much as we try to take politics out of it, uh, there is an air of politics associated with it. And so um, hopefully at the end of all this, we are able to provide people, you know, the transparency that was not had in 2010 when uh, essentially the, the redistricting process was done behind closed doors. And so our entirety of our process is noted on our website. We have videos dating back to the very first meeting uh, where we selected, um, uh, you know, uh, the, the chairman uh, and we have voted on our criterion and et cetera. And so, um, you know, towards uh, the end of this process, when we finally get the census data mid uh, August now, uh, we have confirmed uh, date for that. Um, we're going to utilize our criteria. We're going to use our software, put together our maps and then submit. And hopefully, you know, everything's accepted. And if not, uh, you know, if we have to go through the through the legal avenue, which is more so than likely, uh, we will uh, at least have uh, everything in, in order uh, and have a good argument as to why we feel our maps are the most fair and more subjective maps and the maps that the people of the state of Wisconsin want. And what would that legal process look like? Yeah, and so you know, I'll give you the uh, the disclaimer right now that I'm not I'm a physician, I'm not a lawyer, and so. <laughs> uh, but fair, besides fair. that, fair. <laughs> Right. Uh, but but beyond that, from from what I've done, you know, I've given testimony to the Supreme Court earlier this year in February, kind of talking about some of the proposed legislation to circumvent uh, the People's Maps Commission and uh, to circumvent our process. And so what we believe to be the most likely is that it will go to the Supreme Court of the state of Wisconsin. Um, as many of you who have uh, been following the redistricting process throughout the state have noted, you know, back in 2010, that process ended up in the National Supreme Court. And so we're thinking that it likely will, uh, after that ruling, uh, be uh, pushed back down to the uh, Wisconsin Supreme Court, and then we'll be dealing with that directly. Um, and so, you know, We'll see when we get beyond that. Ultimately, um, again, as not being a lawyer, I don't want to. I don't want to provide supposition, but ultimately, uh, the Supreme Court will make a decision based on the process and the evidence that we have given um, as to decide which way to proceed beyond that. Um, beyond, you know, once the legislator submits their maps as well. Well, there's never a dull moment in Wisconsin politics. Um, Can you believe I do this in my free time, right? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> wow, amazing. Um, good for you. We're we're lucky to have people like you. And to round it up, so you've taken a lot of action step in your you know free time, and you're really we're you're really leading this way. How can listeners get involved? Um, and what is the time frame, especially if one of the things that you're looking for is you know, having more people uh, submit their own community of interest, what is the time frame and how can they do that? Yeah. And so what we're hoping to do is we're hoping to get um, all of our community of interest input in by uh, the early onset of all well, the early dates of August. And so 
August 16th is the new date that we are expecting the census data to come out. Um, that is the guaranteed date uh, that we've been given um, through the uh, census department. And so um, up until that date, we're, we're going to continue to take uh, those communities of interest, continue to take uh, the, the maps that people are drawing uh, through the ward data that has been provided to us pre previously. Uh, and so we ask people, you know, if you if you can continue to submit that, you can submit it uh, through our portal, which is HTTPS colon front slash front slash portal dot Wisconsin dash mapping dot org. Uh, and I'll send it to you so you can put it in the show notes as well. Uh, you can also reach that portal through our um, our website, our People's Maps Commission website. You can either type in People's Maps Commission Wisconsin in Google, or you can go directly to uh, govstatus.egov.com, French slash People's Maps, and that should get you there. Um, uh, ben Rangel, Commissioner Rangel, is uh, in charge of our uh, social media uh, arm, and so uh, you can follow us at our Twitter handle as well as at WI uh, People's Maps, and that should get you right there. And we're going to continue to push out um, uh, some of the updates that we're going to be doing and continue to uh, recommend that people come out and see us at our meetings when we have them uh, as they come. I would just recommend people to continue to, to, to follow us throughout this process. You know, we've all um, learned a lot about the process and sort of learning on the go after being selected. And so, you know, on the, uh, on the anniversary of the passing of the uh, late, great John Lewis, you know, I recommend people to, to take action and to uh, continue to ask questions and to be active in this process. You know, this is for everyone in the state of Wisconsin uh, and this is your maps. You know, we're not, uh, uh, commissioned for anyone else we're commissioned for the people of wisconsin and so uh, the more you provide us the more we can reflect uh, every we reflect you in our maps and so uh, we truly appreciate it thank you so much for listening to bridge the city today we talked about a few resources on our episode that you can actually find those links in our show notes go ahead and click them and they'll direct you to the correct place once again thank you for listening the city.